0: Truman, Doris Day, Red China, Johnny Ray, South Pacific, Walter went Joe DiMaggio. Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker Television, North Korea, South Korea, Maryland, Monroe. Rosenberg's h palm Sugar Ray, Pan and John Brando, the King and I, and the Catcher in the Right. Risenhower vaccine, England's got a new queen. was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire, but we did invite it, though we tried to fight it. Joseph Stalin, Malenkov, Nasser and Perkoviar, Rockefeller, Campanella, Communist block, Roy Kahn, Wamperon, Tuscanine, Tacron, Den Bien Fu Falls, rock around the clock. Einstein, James Dean, Brooklyn's got to win and see, David Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Bado, Budapest, Alabama, Kershaw, Princess Grace, Peyton Place, Trouble in the Suez. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire, though we didn't light it, though we tried to. Trust away California baseball, soccer, weather, homicide, children of the middle eye. Buddy Holly, Ben Hurst, Bass Monkey Mafia, Hula Hoops, Castro, Etzel is a no go. You too, Sigmund Ray, Paola, Kennedy, Jumpy, Check the Psycho, Belgians in the condo. It was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire, though we didn't light it, but we tried to find it. Hemingway, I command, stranger in a strange land. Dylan, Berlin, Bay of Picks invasion, Lawrence of Arabia, British Beatlemania, Ole Miss, Jonathan, listed Beats, Patterson, Pope Paul, Malcolm X, British politician, sex, JFK, blown away, what else do I have to say? Always burning Since the world's been turning We didn't stop the fire No, we didn't mind it But we tried to fight Control, Ho Chi Man, Richard Nixon back again, Moonshot, Woodstock, Watergate, Punk Rock, ring in Palestine, Terror on the Airline, Palestinians in Iran, Russians in Afghanistan, Wheel of Fortune, Sally Ride, Heavy Metal, Suicide, Foreign Debt, Homeless Vets, AIDS, Crack, Bernie Gets, Hypodermics on the Shore, Grinders under martial law, Rock and Roller, Cola Wars, I can take it any Was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire, though we didn't lie. Still goes on on and on. always
1: Well, good morning, Um, what that video kind of highlighted during that song is that while there are a lot of great things that are happening in our lives, there's also at the same time just difficult situations and unrest, and now is no different than things have always been with humanity. Um, Many of you know we are a little over three weeks away from an election, and um, we are starting a new series called Red, White, and Bruised, and why we titled it that is it feels like we're in a 10-round death match right now in our country with people. Just fighting against each other in difficulty and difficulty and accusations and whatnot. And so we're just like, man, we want to step into that and uh, speak about it. Why? Because everybody's talking about it and God has something to say about where we're at right now. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. Um, but before we do, um, I have a few announcements. First off, if you are new here, um, we would love to get connected with you. The easiest way to connect with us and to get on our e-blast and know what's going on is to text the word NEW to 407-278- 7291. And that'll kind of get you started with in a process of getting on our e-blast and uh, finding out what's going on and knowing all the stuff that's happening. And then there's another way with the same number for you to just know what is going on around here. If you would like information about our men's or women's ministries, um, volunteering or getting in a life group, um, care if there's anything that you need in your life or you know some people that have some needs, we would love to help them out in any way, shape or form. And then we also have a recovery ministry called Celebrate Recovery and you can get information by texting any one of those words to that number, 407-278-7291. Now, along with that, we have a bunch of events that are happening with our men, with our women, um, with our life groups, and you can find out What's going on around here in our our student ministries at kensingtonorlando.org slash events, where you can find out what's happening, sign up, let us know that you'd like to be a part of it. And we would love for you to be a part of what is going on around here. Um, now, there's a new thing starting next week. Um, now, my, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Kevin Valentine. I'm the lead pastor here, for those of you that might not know. Um, but uh, next week, after both services, for about 15 minutes, we're doing what is called Discovering Kensington. If you're new here and you would like to, to know about our our vision, our values, our strategy, why we do what we do. Um, I would love to meet with you with a couple of our staff right over here in a room next to the auditorium, answer any questions that you have, and just kind of do a little meet and greet and let you know a little bit more about us, because we'd love for you to know what kind of church you're going to and let you ha- give you a chance to ask some questions to know um, what we're all about. So that's next week after both services. And then lastly, for those of you that have been consistent and faithful in your giving um, uh, over, the, over this last seven, eight months during the coronavirus thing, thank you for that. You have allowed us to stay on mission. You've allowed us to continue to reach people that are far from God. Um, And so thank you for your continued commitment um, financially. If you would like to give and you currently haven't or wondering, how do I get involved in that way? um, The easiest way to do it is to go online, kensingtonorlando.org slash giving. We also have an app called the My Well Giving app, which you can download and give through that app, which is very, very simple. Or on your way out, um, because we don't offering baskets anymore due to coronavirus, um, there's a couple of boxes um, that are right over there on your way out, and you can give that way. Now, as we are looking at getting into the rest of the day, um, there is so much disagreement going on in the world that it's hard to come to terms with people that might have differing views, but there is one thing that I think all of us would agree on no matter what aisle you sit on um, politically, and that is this, we are in very troubled times. What good is love and peace on earth
0: when it's exclusive? Where's the truth in the written word? If no one reads it, a new day dawning comes without warning. So don't blink twice We live in troubled times. Troubled times, Live in troubled times. What part of history we've learned? When it's repeated, some things will never overcome. If we don't seek it, the world stops turning. So Where's the truth
1: Uh, Those images in that song get your uh, blood pressure a little up. Did it increase your heart rate a little bit? Um, It kind of did for me, just sitting there watching it, because I'm like, I know you're sitting there going, "What are they trying to say?" Well, what's interesting is that song um, and that video was from Green Day, and they wrote that song and made that video as a statement against hate and women's suffrage and other political, politically troubling issues that were important to them. Kind of bringing up this idea that it feels like, you know, the whole world. Our country and and a lot of it um, is just in this constant state of outrage and anger and arguing to the point where it's like I cringe when I see um, someone put something political on their social media feed because you just know that the backlash is coming. And suddenly, um, it will be one side versus the other, and neither side is interested in listening to the other. You just know when you see something that politically makes it very clear um, where someone stands, man, it's, it's going to be a battle. And it's like you start reading uh, the comments, and it's like, man, please turn the comments off, you know, so that people can't comment on this. But because we are more and more dug in to our political viewpoints, to me, that it feels like than ever. Because our political viewpoints are actually beginning to transition into belief systems in our country, which means this. Now we're getting into it's right versus wrong and good versus evil. Instead of just disagreeing. So the issues that we are facing, are, seem, they, they seem more dire. They seem more difficult, more unfixable, you know, than in recent history. And it's, I, I tell you, the divide, it doesn't feel like it could be wider. It's disheartening. Um, blame is the name of the game. And so here is my hope. For this series, for all three weeks of it, um, is to help us as followers of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, to help us as followers of Jesus um, stay on the mission that God put us on this earth for. Um, it's to help us view the current political landscape through the eyes of, of Jesus. It's to help us love our neighbors as ourselves, even though we may disagree, and to bring us together, and to actually point you to a joy that no political party will ever be able to give you. And so I wanna say there are no jokes today, okay? I don't approve of political jokes. I have seen too many of them get elected. (laughs) <laughs> That's a joke, all right? There you go. There's your political joke for the day. Um, but I do, I want to start a dialogue today and uh, a conversation. You probably won't agree with everything that I say, um, but you may be offended today because I'm not for who or what you think I should be for or against enough, like I don't lean a certain way enough. We have three weeks to cover a lot of ground, and we're not going to be able to cover it all today. Um, but I would love to hear from you because I want to start a conversation. I would love to hear from you. On this topic, if you would like clarification or you would like to talk about something, I just say, look, you can email me during the week. You can come talk to me after the service. I'd love to meet with you in my office because this needs to be the beginning of a conversation and a dialogue where we talk about not just what's going on in our country, but also what's going on uh, you know, in the spiritual realm from God's perspective because that is what God's Word brings to us. And so I want to pray for us before we dive into today and what we're going to talk about today. Um, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we have a common ground, a place to have common ground, no matter what side of the aisle that we're on, and that common ground is you. I thank you that we have that. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears and our hearts to your voice today and throughout this series Lord, help us put down our weapons, uh, the, whatever we use to prove our point and whatever we use to stand on the ground that we stand on. Lord, help us to put those down and just sit at your feet and hear from you today, your voice, your clarity, through your heart, through your word. And God, we will listen with open hearts and open ears and open minds. Amen. All right, the consensus after the 2016 election, which, you know, you thought, man, could things get worse? Well, it seems like it has, right? 2018 was pretty rough, and now 2020, um, whew, you know, it's rough. Uh, But the the consensus after the 2016 election was that 100% of Americans think 50% of Americans have lost their ever-loving minds, okay? That's what's going on. That has not changed um, today. Yet what you find is when you talk to real people, um, we're really not that divided over a number of areas. I want to show you a graph that I have. As recent as three years ago, there is less than a 15% difference in our opinions over race, religion, education, gender, and age. But when it gets to politics, As you can see there, we are more increasingly divided by a landslide since 1994, and I think if they took that today, do you think that it would be that? I think it would skyrocket up when it comes to the political divide, and there's some interesting reasons why that is, which I'm not going to get into today, but I'm going to get into the next couple of weeks. I think you'll be surprised, but you know know what? I think think it'll be enlightening, but not surprising to you what is causing some of the divides that we're struggling with in our politics and in our country right now. We're going to get into that next week, week after. But the question is, how do we as the church, as Christians, as people of faith, navigate and view the divide in our country over politics? I mean, the the, the Republicans claim that the Democrats want to kick God out of everything, yet Kamala Harris in the VP debate this last week said that Joe Biden would be the first ever practicing Catholic president. Both sides claim God is on their side. So let's answer the question Whose side is God on? Who's right? Who's wrong? Which side is good? Which side is evil? Now, to answer that, I want to take us to a story in the Old Testament about a guy named Joshua. Um, Joshua is the successor to Moses. He's the leader taking the nation of Israel into a new land, the promised land. Um, But he's going to have to fight for it because there's already people living in the land. The other side, the other army that he's going to have to face is formidable. But Joshua is just trusting God on this one because God has told them to go into battle and take the land. As he approaches this first battle, Joshua gets a visit from a spiritual entity, an angel. An angel shows up to Joshua. Now, an angel is basically God's navy seals, okay? It is not like a fat little baby with wings that tries to make people fall in love with suction cup darts, okay? That's not an angel. An angel is God's navy seal. He's a warrior. Um, every time angels show up in, Bible, in, in the Bible, people fall down in fear because they're so formidable and so, so larger than life, so supernatural. So this angel shows up with a sword, and Joshua thinks, oh, yes, yes. I hope this guy's going to be our champion. I mean, this guy's here. He's going to fight for us. We've got God on our side. So in Joshua five thirteen, we read about this encounter of Joshua with this angel. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? The angel answers, neither, neither. Neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. So this isn't like an angel. This is like the angel, the commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. And Joshua did so. Joshua's question, are you for us? Or are you for our adversaries? It's a question that all of us are asking today, right? It's a political question. You with me? Are you with the enemy? Who are you with? We're asking all the time do you vote the way I vote or are you with the people that are stupid, right? That's kind of how it's become. Like, are you with me or are you dumb? That's what it is. I hear people on the left and the right say, we're in the right, therefore God's on our side because everybody wants God to be on their side. Joshua wanted this angel to be on his side. But what's the angel's answer? No, I'm not on your side. Nor am I on the other side. His answer is, I'm on God's side. That's whose side I am. So is God Republican? No. If you're red, he's not on your side. Is God Democrat? No, if you're blue, God's not on your side. Whose side is God's on? God is very clearly on God's side. And this is where it's a slap in the face to Joshua, maybe to you, because to Joshua, it was God who told him to go fight the battle, right? Joshua was like, God, you told me to go fight. And you would think this angel would say, of course I'm with you. God sent me. Joshua is being obedient to God. This is God's chosen people, and this angel is definitely on their side. But very quickly, Joshua realizes that he has made it an us-them thing. He has made it a, God, you're with us, we're better, they're worse, so you're against them, you're for us. He has made it an us-then thing. He realizes his mistake. He repents. He falls to his knees in worship to God because he realizes that there's a third option. He had made it an us-then thing. But once he realizes who he's talking to, which many scholars think it was Jesus who was there, God in the flesh, his posture and his response shows us the beginning of coming together. Because what did Joshua do? He fell on his face and he worshiped God and he asked God, what do you want me to do? He wasn't upset. What? You're not on my side. How can you not be on my side? You asked me to do this. No, he just said, I'm in the presence of God. falls on his face and goes, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? He had this posture of repentance, this posture and desire to listen for instructions from God. And so today, as God's people, if you're a follower of Jesus, I will just say this, and this might be offensive to you, but some of us need to fall on our faces and fall to the ground and repent to God for the level of divisiveness that we have in our hearts towards people that are not like us, that have beliefs or a political party that we don't agree with whether it's red or blue, because more and more we are acting in our country like those other people are our enemies. That's the language we use. That's the way that we think. That's what you see online. Now, if you are not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can listen in, but you don't have to do this. You don't have to follow God in this. You don't have to love people in the other party. You might even be glad that you're not a Christian yet, actually, after the end of this message. Going, I'm, glad I'm, not, I'm, glad I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm not following Jesus right now, um, at least until after the election, because I think no matter who gets elected, everyone will need Jesus after the election. Um, but, but for followers of Jesus, here's what I want to say. Does God love red states more? Or does God love blue states more? Neither. God loves purple. What color do you get when you mix red and blue? Just Purple. Why? Because Jesus died for every single person that believes in him, no matter what politically they believe. Jesus died to pay for the sins of the world once and for all, for all whosoever that believe in him. They will not perish and have everlasting life. Do you realize if you are staunchly Republican that you will have Democrats in heaven with you? Do you realize if you are staunchly Democrat that you will have Republicans in heaven with you? Why? Because they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior who died on the cross to pay for their sins. Praise Jesus for that. While we were enemies of God, Jesus gave up his life for us. And I will just tell you as long as I lead this church, we will never be Republican, we will never be Democrat church. We will never be either. We'll never be a red or a blue church. We'll be a purple church where people from both sides live and worship and serve God in harmony, in what you could say the radical middle. It's the radical middle. Why? Because no one's willing to stand in the middle of the divide right now. But yet, Jesus calls us to stand in the middle and love both sides. So if you are here for Republican church, you're in the wrong place. If you're here for Democrat church, you're in the wrong place. But if you have come here for God, then you're in the right place, you're in the right church. Our culture is obsessed with our rights and our happiness. Jesus was about giving up your rights and pursuing holiness. That's what Jesus was about. He chose the cross, laying down his life over a political crown. And so here we're not the party of the Democratic donkey. We're not the party of the Republican elephant. We're the party of the lamb. It's the party of the lamb. We are called to see everyone transformed and mobilized by Jesus. That is our mission, that is our focus, reaching people with the gospel. And when that is your focus, one of the driving forces in your life, you actually do what the Apostle Paul did. And this is so fascinating. At one point in his life, um, the Apostle Paul um, was a hater of Christians. He was an up and coming leader in uh, a religious political movement. Um, He was a hater of non-Jews, a hater of Jesus, until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And that encounter changed his life, changed his politics, changed his worldview, changed his ability to love all people. And his mission in life, went from punishing his enemies, which were Christians and people that disagreed with him politically and religiously, to reaching the Gentiles and Jews for Christ and starting Christian churches everywhere. He gave up his political religious party and joined the party of the Lamb. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, look, when I was with the Jews, I became like a Jew. When I was with the Gentiles I became like a Gentile and then in verse 22 1 Corinthians 9:22 he says unto the weak I became weak to win the weak I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some and I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings And what Paul is speaking about is the mission that all Christians have in this life, winning people to Jesus, loving people into the kingdom of God, not winning people to a political party, not winning people to a a way of thinking, an ideology, but to a life-changing, eternity-altering, legacy-building relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the mission of all Christians, reaching people with the gospel of Jesus, caring more about their heart and their soul than their political bent. And I'll just say this, the moment you put out on your social media feed something that makes it really clear where you stand politically, your potency for reaching people for Christ is cut in half in this country. It just is. You put on social media exactly where you stand, and you stand with other people that are divisive and angry and putting stuff out there that is, that is just, just hurtful to other sides, The amount of people that God can use you to reach is cut in half. The amount of people that you could bless and could love on is cut in half. You just eliminated influence and voice into their life because you had to take a stand. So for some of you, if you want to fulfill your ultimate mission given to you by Jesus, I'll just say it, stop posting political things online. That's not the battle that we're here to fight. You're losing influence for Christ, which is our ultimate mission. A political party has never saved a single soul for eternity, ever. Only Jesus does that. Now you may be saying, wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that I shouldn't ever post political things or agree with political things that I agree with and against things that I'm against? And I'll just say, no. You can be involved in politics. It's one of the beautiful things about our country, right? That we're free to be on whatever side we want to be on and say whatever we want. Um, If you're 18, you need to be voting. Um, Everybody needs to vote. I'm all for being involved politically. But As followers of Jesus Christ, with our ultimate mission being to reach people for Jesus, the question you need to ask is what you're posting, or who you're agreeing with, and how you're speaking, enhancing your ability to draw all people to Christ, or is it eliminating your potential influence into the life of someone that doesn't know Jesus? And you need to answer that question for yourself. Now, is that oversimplifying a complex issue? Maybe. But Jesus never talked about politics. He never talked about the pressing issues of his day. He never talked about the policies of the Roman government. He never talked about the policies of the United States back then, that what they should be now. He talked about the preferred reality of the kingdom of God. That's what he talked about. Never once made a political statement about the culture and how people should view the politics. He cast vision for what the kingdom of heaven on earth looked like, and he said, bring the kingdom of heaven here. Bring the love of the kingdom of heaven here. Bring the light of the kingdom of heaven here. That's what your life is to be about. There's one time that Jesus mentions Caesar. It's in the midst of a financial discussion. They were asking him if they should pay taxes to Caesar because they were doing everything to get Jesus to take a political stand. Do you realize that's what that question was for? To get Jesus to go political, to choose a side? Because if he says, no, don't pay taxes, then he's anti-Caesar. If he says, pay taxes, then he's anti-Jews. And they're like, hey, take a political stance. And so Jesus, knowing full well what they're asking, he says, well, give me a coin. Let's look at a coin. He's like, whose image is on the coin? And everybody goes, Caesar's. And here's Jesus' response, Matthew 22, verse 21. He said, okay, well, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. Give to God what is God's. And what I think we miss sometimes is this is Jesus' chance. He could have denounced Caesar as a terrible leader, denounced his policies, his politics, taken a stand. Rome was evil. It was corrupt. This was his moment. But instead, he made a powerful statement in that moment. He just said, whose image is on the coin? Oh, it's Caesar's image? If it's Caesar's image, give Caesar what is Caesar's. Because what he's getting at is the larger question is this, whose image is on you? Whose image is on you? God's image is on you. I don't know if you know this, but you were made in the image of God. Whether you're on the left or the right, you are created in the image of God. God's image is on you, and if God's image is on you, then who do you give your life to? God. He's whose image is on you. If God's image is on you, then give God all of you. Who has your heart? Is it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of man? Who... Who captivates your thoughts? Is it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of man? Because the kingdom of God brings people together. That is what the kingdom of God is about, from the left and the right, because God loves purple, which means we need to meet in the middle somewhere peacefully. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Not blessed are those who make a stand for the truth because they win and they lord it over everybody else. Blessed are those who know for the right side and then vote for the right side. No, I said, blessed are the peacemakers because peacemakers have a title, children of God. They have a title. That's what children of God do. They are peacemakers. Jesus didn't rescue us by taking political power with a sword. He didn't do that. He gave up his power and saved us by taking nails in his hands. That's how he saved us. That's how he pointed to another kingdom. The kingdom of God brings a peace and a hope that no earthly kingdom can ever bring because Jesus valued people over policy. And if you want to know kind of something that you can say in your mind and just realize that that you need to do is value people over policy. It's okay to talk about politics if you value people over policy. And you do so in a way that's just loving to them because you love people. If you do so peacefully... It's okay to talk politics if your highest mission on earth is reaching people with the gospel and it compels you to meet people in the middle instead of creating chasms between people that God died for both sides. That's why as a church, we'll never give up on bringing people of divergent views together in Christ, where we can love and respect each other and agree and disagree respectfully. The church, as the peacemakers, we need to fight for that middle ground where we can talk with people who we may disagree with, where you can even love people, that you might have different opinions then. Why? Because if you're in the party of the Lamb, where's your hope? It's not in the government. If you're a follower of Christ, your hope is not in the government. If you're a follower of Christ, your, your hope is not in the Republican Party. That's not where your hope comes from. The Democratic Party, that's not where your hope comes from. It's not in an elected official. In the party of the Lamb, our hope is in who? Yeah, say it like you mean it. If if you're in the party of the Lamb, our hope is in Jesus. Do you know that's where your hope comes from? If you're a follower of Jesus, that's where your hope comes from. No place else can you find the hope that Jesus offers. Our hope is in Jesus and his kingdom. When Jesus was condemned to death on the cross, he stood before the most powerful political man of his time in his area, Pilate. And it appeared that the religious leaders... And Pilate and their political agenda had won the day. The religious leaders wanted Jesus executed because he threatened their power. Pilate didn't want to lose control over the Jews and lose his political power with Rome. The presence of Jesus had disrupted the political balance and it was threatening to upend the political landscape of power and influence. And we don't often realize this when we read the scriptures, but through the political maneuvering of the religious leaders using the political leaders and landscape of Rome to put Jesus on the cross... What did God bring about? What did God bring about? Starts with an S. Salvation. Salvation for all mankind. Just when you're sitting there thinking, politics has won the day. The religious leaders have overthrown God and God's kingdom. Actually, what was happening? God was bringing about salvation for all mankind. Through the death of Jesus, God paid once and for all for the price for your sin and mine. And you would think that men were in control and evil had won the day. Yet what came of it? God revealed a plan that no one saw coming. The overthrow of a government and political system, not by force, but through love and sacrifice. So for those of you that think, and I've heard it, and I've felt it. Those of you that think if this person gets elected, America is dead. Or if this candidate gets elected, all hope is lost. You don't think God is in control now? You don't think he's fully abreast of what's happening right now? You don't think he's bigger than the political divide that we are experiencing and the turmoil in our country? You, you don't, do you think he stepped down off his throne, washed his hands of us? No, he hasn't. So let me give you two options that I really hope you will do for the next three and a half weeks and beyond. It's a way that you and I can choose to view our politics and live. Option one is with your eyes focused on the government. You can choose to do that. You can focus on the government, on policy. Um, You can hope in that to help us and our country win and defeat the evil other side. And you can focus your eyes and your energy and your thoughts and your minds and your hopes on government, and this is what it results in. If your eyes are focused on the government, you're experiencing anxiety and fear right now. I don't even need to talk to you. I just read it every day, online, I talk to people, and it's like I, I, there's a sense of real despair out there on who's going to win this election. So if your eyes are on government, you'll experience anxiety and fear. And if you want to know where I stand, you know what I do. Um, you know what I do every night, uh, every single day, I read both sides. I read USA Today, and I read Fox News. When I watch debates, after the debate, when I'm looking at who is uh, how people are responding, I flip to CNN, I flip to Fox News, okay? So I'm, I want to hear from both sides because I just want to know what's out there, where are people coming from, and I will just tell you that. I feel all kinds of emotions and skepticism and cynicism and despair. When I do that, I get angry, I get outraged at some of the things that are happening in our government and in our country, and if that's where I always looked, if that was the only place I had my hope, I would be so full of anxiety and fear and anger and despair. It would be daily I would have to get myself up off the ground just to keep moving forward because it just seems like the entire future of our country is untenable. But there's a second option. And this is the option that I am imploring you to take. And that is this. Focus your eyes on Jesus. Just focus your eyes on Jesus. Every day you can be in God's word hearing from the one who created you. Every day you can focus your eyes on Jesus, and you know what you'll experience if you do that? Every single day you will experience peace. If you choose for the next three and a half weeks to just wake up in the morning, grab your Bible, and pray. Jesus, give me peace. You're my hope. You're where my salvation comes from. Help me navigate today. Help me speak love into the people around me. Help me to see the other people uh, that I disagree with vehemently. Help me see them as people and children of God that you died for because you love them so much. Like policies are important. They are. Laws are important. Politicians are important. None of it is as important as faith. Belief that God keeps his promises and can be trusted. And I will just tell you this. The only reason we know about the religious leaders in the first century The only reason we know about the politicians in the first century um, is because they actually were a footnote in the story of Jesus. Do you realize that? They're just a footnote. Jesus is the story. Politicians and the religious leaders of the day were just who Jesus used and who God used to carry out his plan to save all mankind. And so I'll just say it again. Get involved in the political system. Get involved in politics. I'm all for that. That's part of our incredible country, but don't fix your eyes on it. Don't put your hope in it because if you put your hope in our political party, our government, you will lose your joy, won't you? It doesn't take long. You will lose your peace. You'll lose your ability to hear other people's opinions, and you'll lose your impact and influence for the kingdom. Because if there's one thing that we can come together on, no matter what side of the aisle you're on politically, it's Jesus. That's it. The one place we can agree on and find common ground. In fact, in Acts 2, when the church first started, I don't know if you, if you remember this, um, it says that all the believers were together from every walk of life and ever, all the believers were together and had everything in common. And what it was alluding to is like, if you have Jesus in common with someone, you have everything that matters for eternity in common with them everything that matters for eternity in common with them. Isn't that beautiful? And you can maybe even put politics aside and say, you know what? Jesus really matters. The kingdom of heaven, let's bring it here on earth. I can't see things the way you see them, but I know we can see Jesus the way that each other sees them. Because the main thing Jesus was about was getting people to God. You don't argue people into the kingdom of God you love them in. Are you loving people into the kingdom of God? God loves purple. That's why he's like, hey, I love both sides because God is on God's side. And our mission as the church is to bring people into the party of the lamb and gather around the truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I will just say this. If you are ready to commit to the party of the lamb today and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray, pray with you in just a moment. I want to invite you to join the party of the lamb, to invite Jesus into your life. And stand on common ground with every other believer around the world, around the globe. Because that is where we find our hope. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And if you're ready to accept Christ into your life and join his movement, I want to ask you to pray with me. Just make my words your words. There's nothing magical about the words. It's more the posture of your heart. You can say something like, God, thank you that you love me. I believe in you. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sin. And that he rose again three days later. I believe that he did that because of your great love for me. Please forgive me for my sins. And I invite Jesus into my heart right now to be my Lord and Savior as much as I understand it, help me live my life for you. And Father, I pray for the rest of us that you would help us to focus our eyes on you. You are in control, Lord. Even though we can't always understand it, you can use whoever's in political power for your purposes, just like you did Pilate and the religious leaders. So I pray for the peace you offer those who keep their eyes focused on you. Give us rest politically we trust you our lives are in your hands and help us to represent you in word and deed everywhere everywhere we go physically and virtually in your holy name amen Would you please stand up with us and just let's worship this God that gave up his life for us on the cross together on Common Ground.
0: Try! You turned it for good
1: That is what we hold on to as followers of Christ is that no matter what happens in three and a half weeks God is good he is good and he is always good and we will stand on that ground for the rest of our lives and on into eternity Um, I would like to invite you to the next two weeks, because each week we're going to be kind of looking at different things of how, as the church, as followers, can we stand in the midst of this, upholding our faith and our love for all people. And it's going to be important that we have the discussions we're going to have over the next couple of weeks. In fact, next week we're going to be talking about a prayer that Jesus prayed that is literally a forgotten prayer. That we need to be praying every single day, and I can't wait to talk about it because we, as His people, need to carry His words in our hearts and pray them over our country, especially right now. So please come back next week and put somebody on your arm and make them sit three seats away from you. It'll be okay. Um, but uh, but thank you for being here. On your way out, you can give on your way out. Um, we would love to have you um, as you as you leave. Leave back row first, and then uh, as that row clears, the next row can go. Just kind of like you know you do your weddings. Um, thank you for being here. We'll see. You back here next week.